Good morning, Orlando, and welcome one and all to Friday Eve on the 50,000-watt front porch and our first look at 6 o'clock at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, Tampa police hope a new video leads to a serial killer's arrest and four more women make claims against Roy Moore. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. We're all over the Roy Moore story, including his letter to Hannah and a new poll, all next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning or Friday Eve at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. Tampa police are sure someone knows who's responsible for a string of murders in the city. We originally called them someone we wanted to talk to. They went to a person of interest. Today we're going to call the same individual a suspect. Police Chief Brian Dugan appealed to the public to come forward and identify a person seen in two videos, the latest from Tuesday after a fourth victim was shot and killed. Dugan admitted police are working with very limited evidence but believe someone can provide a name for the person in the videos. A witness told police the suspect appeared to be a slender black male. There's a combined reward of $91,000 that Dugan hopes will motivate someone to come forward with an identity. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Out west, the death toll is up in a Northern California shooting spree after authorities found the body of the gunman's wife under the floorboards of their home. Tehama County Assistant Sheriff Phil Johnston says investigators found the body of shooter Kevin Neal's wife Tuesday, bringing the death toll to six. Johnston said she was shot several times, and he believes that's what started the rampage by the 43-year-old Neal. Authorities believe Neal's wife was shot Monday after a domestic incident. Meanwhile, the superintendent of a Northern California school district is praising staff for their quick action during a shooting spree in Tehama County. The reason that I'm standing here today and I'm able to, to speak to you without breaking down and crying is because of the heroic efforts of our school staff. Corning Union Elementary Superintendent Richard Fitzpatrick said staff at Rancho Tehama Elementary School prevented what could have been a major tragedy by putting the school on lockdown when they heard gunshots. Our other big story of the day today, sexual harassment allegations are piling up against Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore. The Washington Post says four more women are coming forward with accusations against the GOP candidate. AL.com is also reporting new allegations from women claiming they were harassed by Moore. AT&T customers around the country are being told to reboot their cell phones. Both uh, DownDetector.com and Outage Report say thousands of AT&T users reported problems Wednesday afternoon. Cell phone users were unable to make calls in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Houston, St. Louis, here Brevard County, Orlando, many other cities. AT&T was barraged with complaints on social media and tweeted that if you experience an issue making wireless calls, restarting your device should solve the issue. But they also warn that you may have to restart your device a few times. Wow, I haven't heard of this kind of a problem before. Yeah, it was it was countrywide yesterday. Yeah, okay. In uh, local news, after a 24-hour postponement, SpaceX is scheduled to launch a Falcon 9 rocket with a mystery government payload from the Kennedy Space Center tonight. A two-hour launch window opens at 8 o'clock Eastern time, and Air Force meteorologists say weather conditions are 90% go. Just after liftoff, SpaceX will attempt to land the Falcon 9's first stage booster at the Cape Canaveral Air Force Station for the 20th time. That's prompted the company to issue a sonic boom alert for residents in Brevard, Orange, Osceola, Seminole, and Volusia counties. My understanding is we're going to have a couple of sonic booms. We're going to have it with the launch, and we're going to have it with the relanding of the first stage, too. 
I've been hearing about that, that they're saying you may get a second sonic boom out of this thing. Just don't uh, call 911. It's uh, just harkens back to the old days when we used to hear them on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, that's right. From yeah. the shuttle. From the space shuttles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And finally, mass murderer Charles Manson is in grave condition in a California hospital. TMZ reports the cult leader was brought to a Bakersfield hospital three days ago. A source told T- uh, TMZ the 83-year-old Manson is close to death. Manson is serving a life sentence for ordering the brutal killings of seven people, including actress Sharon Tate in 1969, who was nine months pregnant. He and several of his followers originally were sentenced to death. The sentences were commuted to life when California briefly outlawed the death penalty in 1972. Safe to say, few, if any, tears to be shed here. Yeah, definitely. Mm. It's about time. WFLA News Time 606. All right, read about a porn star announcing a 2020 presidential bid with rapper Coolio. Do I have to? At 1025wfla.com. <laughs> the first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Deb. Deborah Roberts with our news at the top of the bottom of the hour. Right over it breaks and Yaffe, executive producing in the control room, and our new screener, Stephanie, the voice you will hear when you call to join our conversation on the 50,000-watt front porch on whatever hot topic we're talking about, 407-916-5400. Or if you don't want to talk to anybody but you want your opinion registered, hit the text line at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. Lots to do here this morning. We're all over the Roy Moore story from a host of fresh angles, and I'll definitely want to hear from you. We'll get into that in a moment. Stay tuned. You're just seconds away from uh, having an opportunity to win $1,000 in our keyword text-to-win contest. Just listen for the new keyword coming right up here in seconds. Text the keyword to 200-200, and you could be a $1,000 winner. So we've got that and an update coming your way on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So that's the story in the House. The story in the Senate all revolves around embattled Republican Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore. And if Roy Moore goes down and the Democrat Doug Jones wins that seat in the special election on December 12th, 52-48 Republican majority becomes 51 49 makes it even harder to drive the president's agenda successfully. And the polls are showing all of these allegations of sexual impropriety, sexual harassment, running the gambit with all of these women and more coming out of the woodwork all the time, taking their toll on the popularity of Roy Moore in Alabama. The poll now from the National Republican Senatorial Committee The NRSC poll shows Democrat Jones now has a 12-point lead over Moore, 51-39. Moore's favorability has dropped to 35% compared to the same poll from October that had him at 49%. You remember 24 hours ago, we played you the cut from Fox's Sean Hannity, who had been the leading national media voice boosting the candidacy of Roy Moore. He said he'd about had it with Moore, and he was giving him an ultimatum. Recall this? For me, the judge has 24 hours. You must immediately and fully come up with a satisfactory explanation for your inconsistencies that I just showed. You must remove any doubt. If you can't do this, then Judge Moore needs to get out of this race. 
So what happened was, and I'll share it with you in a moment, Moore fired off an open letter that anyone could read to Sean Hannity. Last night on Fox, Hannity said Roy Moore provided answers to the specific questions that he had about the allegations against Moore. But at the end of his show last night, Hannity kind of punted, I thought, as to whether he's once again backing Moore in the Alabama Senate race. Listen and tell me what you think here. I am very confident that when everything comes out, they will make the best decision for their state. Shouldn't be decided by me, by people on television, by Mitch McConnell, Washington, talk show hosts, news people. Not exactly what you'd call a ringing endorsement from Sean Hannity, right? What about that open letter to Fox News host Sean Hannity, okay? It came yesterday, and here are some of the excerpts from it. Roy Moore. A month prior to the general election for U.S. Senate in Alabama, I have been attacked by the Washington Post and other liberal media in a desperate attempt to smear my character and my campaign. The Alabama Judiciary Inquiry Commission, Court of the Judiciary, the Attorney General have investigated, scrutinized, examined, and vetted me, not to mention every opposing candidate against whom I have run. Moore asked this, are we at a stage in American politics in which false allegations can overcome a public record of 40 years, stampede the media and the politicians to condemn an innocent man and potentially impact the outcome of an election of national importance? I adamantly deny the allegations of Lee Korfman and Beverly Nelson, did not date underage girls, and have taken steps to begin a civil action for defamation. He's going to file a lawsuit against the women. Because of that, he concludes in the open letter to Hannity, at the direction of counsel, I cannot comment further. I've checked on this from Legal Eagles, and you are free to talk in a scenario where you are filing a civil lawsuit like this. But he is now lawyered up and is electing not to talk. Let's listen to a very good authority on what the future may hold here with this huge mess the Republicans find them in. Here is um, Fox News judicial analyst Andrew Napolitano, okay? Here he is yesterday on the issue of a write-in candidate getting into the Alabama Senate race. On that score, he said exactly what I said yesterday, bad move. If Sessions or Luther Strange get in as a write-in, it'll split the vote. Moore will still be on the ballot in Alabama, and there's no way the Democrat Doug Jones could lose in a scenario with a split vote. But let's get into the issue with the judge now on whether the Senate has to seat Roy Moore if he wins and whether they might ultimately be able to expel him. If he's elected, they must seat him. They can't refuse to seat him. If they refuse to seat him because of these allegations, they're basically adding another qualification to becoming a senator. If they do seat him, they can only expel him for something he has done while he's a sitting senator. There has simply no one ever been expelled from either House of Congress for something they did before they were in the Congress. So they would be stuck with him. That's Judge Napolitano, and I basically agree with what he's saying. By the way, we told you yesterday, because Stephanie did the research for us, the last time a U.S. senator was expelled, takes a two-thirds vote to do it, was 1862 in the middle of the Civil War. And what did the senator do? It was a guy from Indiana who had been selling weapons to the enemy, the South, the Confederacy. And that was it. Okay? But he was doing that as an active senator. That's the difference here. You can't expel somebody. There's no precedent for it for what they did before the people of their state decided it was okay and they elected him. But he's down 12 points. 
I really do think it's over for Roy Moore and there will be a Democrat, unbelievable, in deep red Alabama in the United States Senate, and his name will be Doug Jones. I don't see how that scenario doesn't happen now. Do you? 407-916-5400 on Roy Moore. Text me at 23680. Remember, standard message and data rates apply there. Gaffey, Stephanie, where are you on all of this uh, Roy Moore drama that's going on? And as you contemplate that, let me tell you what Ivanka Trump, the president's daughter, said yesterday. The president was shouted questions about Roy Moore that he totally ignored after he had given his national address yesterday afternoon that I was watching chronicling all the achievements on his Asian tour. I thought that was terrific. After that, though, he just would not deal with this question. Maybe his daughter Ivanka is speaking for him when she said to the Associated Press, there's a special place in hell for people to prey on children. I've yet to see a valid explanation, and I have no reason to doubt the victim's accounts. I think that the president's going to have to speak on this. I think he's in a bit of a box, and he knows what the media will do to him because of his own well-chronicled baggage in this area. So what about it, gang? For Roy Moore, down 12 in the latest poll. I have to tell you, I'm right where Ivanka is. I mean, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. So. But is it over? Or or will the people in Alabama say, we've had it with the media, we have had it with the liberals, we're circling the wagons for our guy, we're going to put him in the United States Senate? I think it's over. What I about it, it Stephanie? I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's sad either way. It's sad if this is true, you know, for the victims. It's sad for him if it's not true. Um, I think it's over, but I don't know. Do you think it should be over? Do you think Do you think he has done these things and he is now lying about them? I don't know. That's a hard question. Where are you on that, Yaffe? Uh, I, I, I'm with Ivanka. What she said, There's no. I have no reason to doubt the victims at this point. Their accusations There's seem too credible. much out there, and his lawyer is now trying yeah. to go down the route of saying, we're going to get a handwriting analyst in here to see whether or not somebody forged that yearbook signature from the gal in 1977, the loving comment from then, um, you know, a DA, Roy Moore, and whether or not it's really 1977 or trumped up to try to make them look bad, and it's a very recent signature. I, I mean, if that was, I mean, if that's a forged signature, yeah, that would definitely change things. But there, like you said, there's a lot out there. Robert, you're in DeBerry. Thank you for waiting, and good morning to you from Volusia County. Good morning, Bud. Good morning. Uh, well, I think the situation is sad. Um, I am a, um, a Roy Moore supporter. I like his politics. Uh, when we start getting into the uh, accusations. If these accusations are true, and I'm leaning that to kind of uh, believe the accusers, um, he should not be there. But I, it's a sad state of uh, affairs in our country that when accusations are made of this severity, that we will presume guilt and until proven innocent. Yeah, it's backwards, you know. We have a presumption of innocence in our criminal justice system and the court of public opinion, not so much. And I was resisting that here until there's just avalanche of continuous charges and stories and women who are willing to put their name and their faces to it instead of just being anonymous charges kept coming one after another. And the more came down the pike last night on this, Mike. Uh, yeah, we actually have a texter who agrees with that caller. It says, regardless of his culpability, we as sheep have become the jury, judge, and executioner. Very scary. Just remember, it makes everybody vulnerable. Sure does in that regard, and we've raised that issue as well. I mean, one allegation 
you know, sexual impropriety for anybody, particularly in the public eye, and they can never be looked at again. And there can be absolutely nothing to it. It is a powerful weapon that women can wield. But the power over women by abusing and harassing them sexually is a powerful weapon that has been used and abused. And we're seeing that all across the country. And here is Matt in Claremont. Briefly, please, Matt. Well, I still don't believe the accusers, and I don't believe uh, responsible adults would act the way some of them are acting. You know, they act more like kids when they talk at these microphones. So he and, should be uh, able to prevail to in a job. he should be able to prevail in a defamation lawsuit, in your opinion. Well, we have some really bad characters behind these accusations. You have that Ed Stetzer, who's a Muslim sympathizer. <clears throat> you know, what what do they do with with little girls? Uh, you know, and why is he out there bashing uh, pastors and things like this for endorsing Mr. Moore? All right. Well, there are still questions out there, of course, and we'll continue to talk about Roy Moore in all three hours of this morning's show. I think it's that biggest story with so many facets and so many ramifications to it. Deborah Roberts back with us right now, particularly for those of you just joining us on a Thursday morning, the very latest on the news and the big story out of the Tampa Bay area. Deb? Where hundreds of new tips could bring police closer to finding the man who was terrorized a Tampa neighborhood. Police Chief Brian Dugan said yesterday that his department has received more than 400 tips since a fourth person was shot to death in Southeast Seminole Heights this week. Dugan believes someone can provide a name for the person in the videos. We need someone who is thoughtful cares and has the heart and the fortitude and the bravery to step forward and tell us who this person is and give us the identity. Police also released surveillance video yesterday of a man Dugan says is the suspect in at least two of the murders that date back to last month. Also, the reward in the case is now up to more than $90,000. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In the aftermath of Hurricane Irma and 14 deaths at a nursing home in Broward County, Democrats in the Florida legislature are pushing for increased regulation of the industry. Senator Gary Farmer says what happened at the Hollywood Hills Rehab Center should never be allowed again. These are supposed to be special needs and special nursing care facilities. They're not supposed to be death warehouses. And unfortunately, I fear that our elderly have become nothing more than a commodity, and we need to change that. Farmer wants granny cams in patients' rooms so relatives can check up on them, more safety training for staff, and report cards for nursing homes. And he says the medical examiner should investigate any death at a nursing home on a state or federal watch list to see if they died of natural causes or negligence. Meanwhile, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but spending too much time with the grandparents may be bad for your kids' health. Hey, 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 I don't want to hear this. Give me a break. Researchers, well, you will not apply to this, I'm sure. But I hope not. Researchers at the University of Glasgow reviewed over 50 studies of grandparents from 18 countries. They found grandparents' habits were having an overall negative effect on their grandchildren's <laughs> health in the areas of weight and diet. Mm. Yeah, what you always suspected, Mom and Dad. The researchers say grands- grandparents' treats, overfeeding, and Extra TV time can have long-term health consequences for children, including obesity, heart disease, and diabetes. They pointed out, of course, that grandparents also play a positive role in children's lives 
and are not recommending limiting grandparent interaction. I do have to admit the grandkids know where the good stuff is stashed <laughs> when they come to see Gammy and Paca. Of you know. course they but do. But it's not every day. Come on, they're only kids. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and there's the grandparent justification. You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. Yeah, and here she is joining us on this Friday Eve from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. And good morning to you, Gina. Good morning. So it's a big day. We got all kinds of economic data and earnings reports coming Mm -hmm. in. And how is the market reacting to all of that? Well, right now, it looks like we're headed for a higher Wall Street open. We have the stock futures in positive territory as investors await reports on jobless claims, industrial production, consumer comfort, and some other data. And we'll get some earnings today from more retailers, Walmart among them, Best Buy, and The Gap later on. We also hear from J.M. Smucker and Viacom. We did have a lower close on Wall Street yesterday. Tech, consumer products, and energy-related shares were down. The Dow was down 138 points to 23,271. The S&P fell 14, or six-tenths percent, to 25.65. The Nasdaq slid 32 to 67.06. The Bloomberg Orlando Index was down 7 tenths percent. Target ended up being the worst performer in the S&P 500, even though it beat estimates in the latest quarter. Investors were disappointed with the forecast going forward. Target is spending a lot of money to make some changes at its stores. Okay, fair enough. Now, you told us earlier this week that Mattel, the big toy maker, has been the target, I think, of a takeover bid. You've got an update for us on all of that. Yes, the shares were down in late trading yesterday on a report that it had rebuffed that takeover approach from rival Hasbro, spurning a deal that could create the nation's largest toy maker. So we'll watch shares of that company today. Investors seem disappointed with this news, which is coming to us from Reuters. Reuters says that Mattel told Hasbro the proposal undervalues the company and also that Mattel has concerns about the transaction being challenged on antitrust grounds. And uh, we're all familiar with the big change Twitter has made, going from 140 to 280 characters. We've been talking about that, but Twitter's making some other very important changes in the news this morning, uh, Gina. They've updated their policies for removing the verification of a user's identity, saying that they can pull that blue check mark at any time without notice for behavior including promoting hate or inciting harassment of others. Twitter also said it's in the process of creating a new authentication program and reviewing current verified accounts to make sure users meet the new guidelines for behavior. And uh, just as a matter of disclosure here, I should note that Bloomberg is developing a global breaking news network for the Twitter service. Very interesting. Before you go, you got to share this story with us. Uh, I wonder what the great Leonardo da Vinci, who probably didn't have two nickels to rub together in his day, would think about this story so many <laughs> hundreds of years later. Go ahead, Gina. Yes, a Leonardo da Vinci painting of Jesus Christ has fetched $450 million at Christie's in a record sale for a painting far and above. Uh, An auction house official placed the winning bid on behalf of an unidentified client following a 19-minute bidding war. The 500-year-old Christ as Salvatore Mundi, as the painting is called, was being sold by the family trust of a Russian billionaire feel bad for Leonardo. Don't you kind of wish you could get a slice of that action? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's unbelievable. What yes, a story. Yes, an, an amazing figure in our history, and uh, it's just uh, it's incredible to, to see something like this. And, and you wonder, where are these prices 
going to go. But yeah. I, I have to think that catching up to that price is going to be tough. Yeah, that's really an amazing figure, just as he was, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gina Cervetti from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Catch you tomorrow for the next Bloomberg Business Report. We'll look forward to it. Thank you, Gina. Thank you. Oh, coming up, a hotel for liberals only. They're not going to check in, but we're going to check it out here in a moment. you got to hear this, and you will, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WF. President Trump, of course, has his fabulous restoration project hotel, the old post office, now, you know, Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., but it is open to everybody. It is not just open for Trump supporters or Republicans or conservatives. It doesn't exclude liberals. But listen to what the liberals are doing, as reported by Bloomberg News. This billionaire hotelier and liberal out of Hong Kong is creating a chain of politically motivated hotels. I mean, they, they, they claim exactly that, that the hotels will be built around community engagement and integrating a liberal philosophy into every aspect of the guest experience. It is essentially, with the Washington facility planned as the flagship, a hotel chain for liberals only. The Washington location, which will open in a year or two, will include amenities that cater to public activism like the liberals are into, all kinds of talks-inspired um, in fireside chat format, lectures, uh, co-working spaces for progressive startups, activists, artists, a writer's residency where investigative reporters can pursue stories and a multimedia studio where artists can create short films, podcasts, and other content in line with the liberal hotel builder's philosophy. Yaffe, the college kids have all their safe spaces now, so they, you know... They don't get triggered in anything and they're too stressed out. This is kind of the big-time hotel version of that, a retreat for the, for the embattled liberals who feel so put upon in our society today. I think it's really bad for our society, something like this. just creates more division, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just when I think there's no other way there could be more division created, here we go with this, a hotel chain for liberals only. Now, somebody even more creative than the Budman, by a good measure, I might add, made a comment at the bottom of this article. Let me share it a little bit of it with you about what he envisions the Hotel for Liberals Only would offer. Upon entering, registration will be on the left. No ID will be required at sign-in. Amenities in the lobby to include no less than five Starbucks, an Antifa kiosk, a Planned Parenthood facility, a vegan restaurant, and a Whole Foods market, of course. Foot traffic and corridors designed to be traversed counterclockwise. No right turns. Everything goes left. On the theme of inclusiveness, the upper floors will have room doors with no keys or locks. Everybody, come on in. Upon entering your room, there are no walls separating the rooms. Because as we know, Yaffe, walls are evil and offensive to liberals. (laughs) Okay, Uh, no walls in the hotel rooms uh, here. I mean, it makes sense. And the staff makes $15 an hour. All of them. (laughs) Dialing concierge will connect you directly to Google. Nobody will take your bags to your room. That's slavery. The sheets will be changed weekly in order to save water whether they need it or not. Poster board, markers, and paint available free of charge. Workshops and classes in civil disobedience protesting while hiding one's face. And traffic blockage 
courses held in the lobby daily at the crack of noon. The hotel chain for liberals only coming soon. Yeah, I have no desire to go to that hotel from everything <laughs> from everything think, it said. I don't think we'd feel too welcome, <laughs> would we, Mike? Would we? Okay. Yeah, I doubt it. They wouldn't let me in. Yeah. It's time for a little update on a story we talked about at this hour yesterday. Um, the three UCLA college basketball players who stole sunglasses in an upscale store in a mall in communist China found out how tough justice is over there. They were under house arrest, headed for perhaps five to ten years in prison. President Trump got wind of it, went to President Xi of China and said, can you do anything to get them off the hook? And he got them off the hook, and they're now all the way home. Yesterday, they were at a big news conference, and they read prepared statements. I'm sure they were told to read every word just as written, apologizing profusely to everybody they defended, and, and yes, yes, thanking the president. President Trump had tweeted yesterday, do you think the three UCLA basketball players will say, thank you, President Trump, they were headed for... 10 years in prison. Well, here they are, Cody Riley, Leangelo Ball, and Jalen Hill. So President Trump and the United States government, thank you for taking the time to intervene on our behalf. I'd also like to thank President Trump and the United States government for the help that they provided as well. And thank you to the United States government and President Trump for your efforts to bring us home. Okay, not bad for... The guy that Jamel Hill says is a white supremacist president. She's the ESPN host. Remember that? She got suspended for saying that of President Trump. Very interesting that a white supremacist would spring three black basketball players when he didn't have to do it. Hmm, maybe he's not a white supremacist after all. The president yesterday with a couple of classy follow-ups here, he tweeted this. To the three UCLA basketball players, I say you're welcome. Go out and give a big thank you to President Xi of China who made your release possible, and have a great life. Be careful, there are many pitfalls on the long and winding road of life. The players have been suspended, UCLA says, from the basketball program, quote-unquote, indefinitely. Sounds like a long time. Don't bet on it. These are really star players, and UCLA has a storied program. I was noting on ESPN that last year Duke suspended a basketball player indefinitely. And it wound up being one game. So who knows? Some of those saying it might be half the season, might be the entire season. I think it ought to be the entire season here. This was an international incident. And 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 these players disgraced the university, besmirched the reputation of Americans overseas. And uh, and I think the hammer needs to come down on him, Yaffe. Yeah, if I ever talked to these players personally, I'd ask them, what were you thinking? And what in the world were you thinking? They're when you thinking did this? we are coddled stars. We are entitled. Entitled to stealing in another country. Yep. It's yep. just wow. What I wanted to hear from them, we got five seconds each thanking President Trump along with the U.S. government. I wanted to hear, Mr. President, unbelievable that you went to bat for a couple of ball players overseas. You got us off the hook. We could have rotted in a communist Chinese prison for five or ten years. And indeed, that's what could have happened here. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. You saved our lives, Mr. President. We admire you. We respect that. We'll never forget it. And we will honor what you did for us. 
by turning our lives around and singing your praises from sea to shining sea. Now, that's the kind of thank you I wanted to hear. I guess I had to settle for a little less. We roll on from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Deborah Roberts updating our news here at the top of the hour on Tampa Police, hoping a new video will lead to a serial killer's arrest. And Florida lawmakers pretty unhappy, as am I, with the slow pace of implementing medical marijuana. She's got it all and more as we roll on from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. It's Thursday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. Good morning to you at 6.59. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour on a Thursday. Time for an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you. Right here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, Tampa police hope a new video leads to a serial killer's arrest and Florida lawmakers unhappy with the slow pace of medical marijuana. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Have you heard I-4 has been rated the deadliest highway in America. I'm shocked. Our take and yours on what makes it so just ahead on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. Tampa police are hoping a new surveillance video will help them find a suspect in four murders that have taken place in the same neighborhood. Chief Brian Dugan believes the person seen in the video is the same individual shown in another surveillance video released several weeks ago. Dugan says two videos have now been released, including one from Tuesday's murder. November 14th, moments before the homicide. Same gate, same walk. Maybe not the same jacket, definitely a hoodie. The latest victim was shot to death while crossing a street in Seminole Heights early Tuesday morning. The reward for information leading to an arrest is now up to $91,000. Wow, that's what, 50 more than we had just a day or two ago, right? Yeah, yesterday it was $41,000. It grew 50 overnight. You hate the idea that you have to bribe people to turn somebody over when they know something, but I guess that's the way the game is played. Yeah, absolutely. But call the Crime Line tip line. It is absolutely anonymous. No one will know that you called. And so important that you do. Yeah, you could be the difference. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Or the next victim. Yeah, exactly. Senate Republicans are defending their plan to repeal the individual mandate in Obamacare. The individual mandate penalizes those who don't sign up for health insurance. In a Senate hearing, Utah Republican Orrin Hatch said yesterday that the individual mandate is a tax that hurts working families. Oregon Democrat Ron Wyden, however, said repealing the mandate will cause premiums to soar while putting millions of Americans at risk of losing health coverage. Meanwhile, Americans enrolling in the Affordable Care Act, known as Obamacare, is up 46 percent over last year. The U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services reports 1.4 million people signed up on healthcare.gov since November 1st when open enrollment began. That compares to 1.2 million a year ago. The CMS reports the number of people applying for health care coverage, checking on coverage and looking at plans on the exchange are all sharply higher than what was seen during 2016's open enrollment season as well. Interesting, researchers say they've confirmed the first case of the brain-wasting disease known as CTE in a living former NFL player. A new study reports a scan of the man's brain when he was 59 showed what doctors call the distinctive pattern of the disease that results from repeated blows to the head. After he died, doctors examined his brain and officially diagnosed CTE. Doctors say the ability to identify CTE in the brain of a living person is a first step toward understanding how the disease develops and working on a cure. 
And many believe that unless they get a handle on this, it will ultimately lead to the demise of football as being the preeminent sport in America. Absolutely, but it's not the only one. Interestingly enough, concussion is also the leading injury in cheerleading. So there are a lot of different well, aspects that, of sports. That has become so super acrobatic. Acrobat- uh, oh, know, yeah. And then, of course, soccer, too. And I know our granddaughter who plays soccer at age 11, you're no longer allowed to head the ball. No, because they have found CTE and yep. professional soccer players mm-hmm. as well. Yep. More questions from state lawmakers about the slow pace of Florida's medical marijuana program. Christian Bax at the Department of Health says they're moving as fast as they can, but Representative Ralph Masulo says they need to do more. I see this more as the boy that has their finger in the dam. And, you know, they can only hold it for so long. You're doing a wonderful job, but I also believe the department needs to do more to try to carry out the laws that we worked hard to pass. Masulo is a doctor in real life, and he says it's taking way too long for patients to navigate the medical marijuana application process. And, you know, that's one thing John Morgan and I agreed on in the debate you moderated, Blowing Smoke 2, Monday night at the Corona Cigar Company. They are dragging their feet and thwarting the expressed will of the public with a 71% approval of medical marijuana. Which is something you had said, which was really interesting at the debate, something that I learned just how much of a landslide that was to be able to pass something with 71% of the electorate approving it. Yeah. Those, that, that's not a small number in political circles. No, it's not. It's not. As a matter of fact, the greatest landslide in presidential history here is barely over 60% in this country. That'll put that in perspective. And finally, health experts say having a drug overdose from residue on shopping carts is improbable, if not impossible. This after the police department in a small Arkansas town recently posted a warning that went viral telling people to wipe shopping cart handles to avoid overdoses through residue from deadly drugs like fentanyl. An opiate recovery group in Missouri said overdosing from fentanyl residue on a shopping cart handle is impossible. A specialist at the University of Colorado School of Medicine wouldn't say it's impossible, but that it's very improbable. Another issue to make sure you grab a wet wipe on your way into the grocery store. WFLA News Time at 7.08. Read about the Puerto Rico hurricane affecting U.S. hospitals in a big way at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Deb, thank you so much. As we roll on from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Stay tuned for our keyword uh, contest here. Keyword text to win contest could win you 1000 bucks in just a second. Uh, you are going to be hearing the keyword of the hour. Just text that keyword immediately to 200-200. You could win $1,000 cold cash. Boy, maybe you've heard this new study is out of highways all across the country, and we have three out of the, or, uh, three out of the number four the top five most deadly highways in all of America based on the number of fatalities per mile over a period of time. But no one comes close to I-4 from Tampa through Orlando to Daytona Beach, the deadliest highway in America, not just the area here under construction. I-4 is the deadliest highway in America. Does that surprise you? (laughs) If it does, call us. If it doesn't, Explain to us what makes I-4 so dangerous, and do you fear it when you're on it? It's your show in this regard because we're here during the commute, and you're 
out there on the interstate. Tell us what makes I-4 the deadliest highway in America. 407-916-5400. Hit the text line if you'd like it. 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. We'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes and then get to the I-4 story on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Deborah Ledfoot Roberts has agreed to stay here uh, for a moment before she heads back to the newsroom <laughs> to get your 730 news update ready. What makes I-4 number one most deadly in the country? In your in your view, Deb, you've driven it for years. Uh, well, at the moment, having driven it for years, it, the, the construction for sure. I mean, the way they are marking the lanes, when the road is dry, it's hard enough to figure out if you're in the right lane. Yeah. But then when it gets wet... And you've got all those different markings that the construction crews have put on the roads. You just don't know where you're going. You've got the new curves. Um, I, think, I, I think that's a partial explanation, but I'll tell I you do. I'll tell you this. I-4, I think, is 132 miles long, okay? Mm-hmm. We're doing 21 miles of it here through Orlando. And it's so easily the number one most deadly. I have a hunch that there's something else going on here. I, I, I agree with that. I think distracted driving, speeding, and then you include a lot of visitors to our area who do not know the roads and yeah. don't care that mm-hmm. they're in the right lane and that SeaWorld exit is all the way over to the left. I mean, there's so many different factors, but being that it is the deadliest does not surprise me at all. Yeah, and it doesn't surprise me at all. The troopers will tell you that it's not the road it's speed and distracted driving, but speed and distracted driving is an issue on every single highway. I think the road has a lot to do with it, and uh, I think it's handling way over what the capacity was when it was built back in the 50s and the 1960s. And, uh, and, and, you know, and again, we do have aggressive drivers here in the state of Florida. Why are you looking at me? They don't call you <laughs> Leadfoot Roberts for nothing. You wear it proudly. I know you do. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, okay. Listen, she's going to hustle on down here and put the pedal to the metal, getting the 730 ready, Deb, and we'll look for you in a few minutes, okay? Absolutely, but uh, my heart goes out to all the I-4 captives this morning, as they are every single morning. Phone yes. lines are lit up, of course, because chances are you're just sitting on the interstate wondering when it's going to start moving at a regular pace. And this is really your talk topic, because you're out there living the I-4 nightmare, and I, you're, the I-4 hostages are next. Uh, stay with me. You will be heard. I want to know what makes I-4 easily According to this survey, the deadliest highway in America. We'll have you, and we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well. And all of this unfolding in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. It's not even close in this survey of the deadliest highways in America. By a long shot, I 4 is number one. What makes it the deadliest highway in America? Clover, good morning to you. You're on with a Bud Man from Winter Park. Hi, Clover. Good morning. How you doing? I'm just peachy fine and dandy. Are you driving on I-4 as we speak? Not this morning, sir. No, I'm not. But you spend but some I time on it. Commute. I take that commute every weekend because my church is in Deltona. Yeah. And the num- number one factor at this time is all the construction going on. You don't know which lane you're supposed to be in because the markings are so difficult to see. Number two... It's the speed. The speed of of the traffic is just insane. Of uh, drivers going from lane to lane. Do you think the troopers aren't doing enough job uh, and ter- enough work on uh, speed control? I was just going to get to that. There are not enough troopers up there. There are just not enough troopers. There are so many things going on. I ask myself, where is a highway patrol when you need them? All right. Interesting. Clover. 
Joe, you're in Orlando. What's the factor in making I-4 the deadliest highway in America? Uh, I think there's two major ones. The first one is we have probably the most out-of-country drivers. And uh, the second one would be the most unlicensed contractors driving around. Unlicensed what? Contractors. Whatever. whatever how, do you, how can you tell an unlicensed contractor when you're driving down the road? Well, you know, just crappy vehicles with, you know, no no uh, stuff tied down, stuff flying around. Oh, I agree with that. No tread on the tires, no brakes, no nothing. And it's not just, you know, contractors driving around in this regard. Yaffe, what's coming in on the text line? And while I've got you and Stephanie, you drive I-4. And uh, what, what makes it the number one deadliest in your experience? Uh, yeah, one person on the text line says the one thing all three roads have in common is tourism. Another person said this, though, said I-4 is built on Indian burial grounds. They were warned about doing that, but they did it anyway. Uh-huh. It's the ghost. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. What about it, Steph? Oh, I don't know. I agree. I think it's the tourists, number one. I mean, that drives me crazy because they don't know where they're going. Um, and I don't know. I think maybe there needs to be more lanes. I don't well, know if there's there, enough lanes well, for the amount of people down well, here. Well, there are going to be more lanes, and, and that's what the I-4 Ultimate Project is all about, from 434 in Longwood and Seminole County down to Kirkman in Orange County. They're tearing it all up, and it uh, should be ready in 2021. It's also going to have extra toll lanes down the middle, which is controversial. We've talked about that. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, and Stephanie, too. When the when the road was built, it was not built for this capacity. Not even close. And what happens is all these interchanges between I-4 and these other roads, they just don't, they're not able to handle all the drivers. And I think that creates a lot of problems. Woody in Deltona on what makes I-4 the deadliest highway in America. Go ahead, Woody. Good morning, bud. Great show again. Well, thank you. We do our best. Yes, I've got, I listen all the time. I've got several reasons. Uh, number one, of course, the construction um, and uh, and the curves and, like, too many entrances and exits. I mean, they should have eliminated some of those when they did their construction. I mean, let the people go go another way off of the expressway. It's just too much. And people constantly changing lanes. Man, that's a, that's a good one. And the biggest one, I believe, though, is the inconsiderate idiots that drive it. I mean, they, they all think that where they got to go and who they are is more important than anybody else. I don't know how we institute an effective ban on inconsiderate idiots. How do we do that, Woody? You need to get back to me on that. Quit being selfish. Everybody needs to quit being so staggering selfish. We got we got to head them off. We got to monitor people getting on the on ramps, and we got to interview them. And if they sound Damn like him. an inconsiderate idiot, we turn them around. There you go, Woody. Thanks, man. All right, we might as well have a little fun with this, even though it truly is a deadly serious story. Van, good morning. What makes I four the deadliest highway in the U.S.? Good morning, sir. Um, I agree with the construction, but you have too many too many inconsiderate drivers. I'm a truck driver. I do about three seventy. At 340 miles a day, I-4 and the turnpike. If you just could imagine how many times I'm cut off, people wait for the last minute, they don't use the turn signals, and this isn't people out of state. This is people in state. Inconsiderate idiots. That's what we've been talking about. Yes, and I called in Monday on Open Line Monday about the same thing. And what happened? On the turnpike, a car cut right in front of a tractor trailer, pulling doubles, Cars a truck ran right over them and flipped the truck. Wow. And I had to get airlifted. Wow. People, they just, we can't stop that fast. 
Yep, no, you can't, and your point's well taken. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Well, Deb, look what we have. Look who we have on line one talking about what makes I-4 the deadliest highway in America. Yeah, apparently. Well, it's Michelle from Castleberry who says uh, apparently she is one of the inconsiderate drivers on I-4 helping to make it uh, the country's most dangerous highway. Well, no kidding. I guess confession is good for the soul. Let's talk about this. Welcome aboard from Castleberry, Michelle. Hi, how are you? We're doing fine. How are you? Hey, but real quick, Michelle, I need to find out what makes you an inconsiderate driver because chances are I'm amongst your ranks. Yes, and I was trying to, I was going to explain to the girl, I'm kind of like you in the sense that, yes, I understand I have a lead foot, but I do the the I-4 drive every day for my job. And the problem, yes, I feel is the construction, which hasn't made it any better. But I've been living here for 10 years now, and nothing's changed on I-4. It's always been a disaster. And I think the one major reason is that everybody is driving a completely different speed limit. You have some people doing 35 miles an hour. I've seen some people doing 45 miles an hour, 55. And then you have me that wants to get around everybody doing 60 because we're not moving. And I also think a lot of it is the tourists that don't know where they're going, but also it is technology. You see people on their phones, and they're doing about 35 miles an hour with their foot on the pedal, yet their car's moving forward, and they're jamming up all the traffic because they're not paying any attention whatsoever. And you so know, I apologize to the people who think I'm an inconsiderate driver, but I have to, somewhere to go. <laughs> I just can't handle the crazy every morning. Sorry, people. <laughs> I hey no when they drive thirty five and they're on their and they're on their phone, that's when I make sure I get as close to them as I can so that they can see the sesame seed between my two front teeth. Oh boy, I'm right I'm right there with you, Deborah. Be careful, Michelle. You're scary. You're scary, but you no. are one great radio call. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. Be safe and get off your phones when you're driving. You're not supposed to be. You know, driving is an incredibly important job. You're driving basically a, a couple-ton missile. You I know, don't you... have a job if they don't call. What are you? You're killing me over there. <laughs> no, don't look at you. You still call. get to do the news. I need callers. <laughs> well, I don't need anybody becoming the news. Uh, okay. What do we got here, Deb? We have a very serious story out yeah. in the Bay Area, and we continue to follow it closely. Where Tampa police are releasing a new video on the Seminole Heights murders. The brief footage shows a possible suspect wearing a slim-fitting pants and a hoodie. It was recorded Tuesday near the the location where a fourth person was shot and killed. The person in both videos, the first from October 9th, was dressed similarly in a hoodie, exhibited some identical mannerisms, and walked with a similar gait. Tampa Police Chief Brian Dugan is, admits police are working with very limited evidence. We discovered a few witnesses who were able to give us a description of a black male, tall, thin, wearing all black, who fled northeast from the area. Three people were killed within days of each other in October. The reward for information leading to an arrest has gone up to $91,000. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Sticking with the car theme, since we just spoke to Michelle from Castleberry, trying, <laughs> to, navigate, yeah, trying to navigate her way along I-4, comes word that Pope Francis, unfortunately, isn't planning to burn rubber with his new ride. Yeah, the Pope's got a fancy car. What? Yes. I, I can't wait to hear this story. Instead, the Holy Father is going to auction off a Lamborghini that was presented to him on Wednesday. 
The Catholic Church announced the pontiff plans to have Sotheby's sell the car with the proceeds going to charity. This is no slouchy car. The base price for a Lamborghini Huracan is $217,000, but this specially built model is expected to bring much more. It's a sleek white car with papal yellow gold detailing. The Vatican announced that some of the proceeds from selling the car will help rebuild homes, churches, and buildings destroyed by years of war in Iraq. How about that? You like this Pope, don't you? I love Pope Frank. Do you? I do. Pope Frank. Yeah. Nice. You guys are really tight. We are. I, I mean, no idea. unfortunately, though, he's still going to auction off the Lamborghini. Despite my begging, he won't give it to me. <laughs> me on I-4 and a Lamborghini? Can you only imagine? No. <laughs> no. You and Michelle on I-4 at the same time? Frightening. I'll, I'll race you. <laughs> <laughs> See you at 8 o'clock, All right. Buddy. Thanks, Deb. I appreciate it. Hey. You know, we all love advanced screening movie passes. There's a film coming out called Last Flag Flying. It's a compelling story of three Vietnam War veterans 30 years after their combat experience. You'll want to see this, and you're going on us absolutely free. If you're our sound judgment winner, we're playing the game here in a moment, and you're eligible by corporate rules to win sound judgment if you haven't won in 30 days. So if you've been a recent winner, please step aside and let somebody else have a shot at it, okay? Get on the line right now. We'll play sound judgment. You're going to the movies before anybody else gets to see this flick on us. 407-916-5400. How about some newcomers on sound judgment? 407-916-5400. It's a Disney question. Kind of ties into the I-4 thing, too, believe it or not. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You know, when they built I 4, they laid the plans before Walt Disney decided he was going to build Disney World here. And that's one reason why the road has never had the capacity needed for what was to become the ongoing exploding population here in Central Florida, with the biggest of all the magnets being Disney World. With that in mind, let's talk about the prize on a Disney-related sound judgment question this morning. What have you got for us for our winner today, Stephanie? So, Bud, today we have a pair of passes to an advanced screening of the new movie, Last Flag Flying, at the Altamont 18 Theater Complex next Monday, November 20th. Last Flag Flying is the compelling story of three Vietnam War veterans three decades after the war, finding themselves reminiscing and coming to terms with the shared memories of a war that continues to shape their lives. Fair enough. Advanced screening passes for this great new movie if you're our winner. And if somebody gets a wrong answer and your line is busy right now, be ready to jump on the open line at 407-916-5400. Here we go. On this very date, November 16th, back in 1965, Walt Disney officially launched what he called the most important dimension to his planned theme park complex right here in Orlando. Listen to Walt now. Make the historic announcement. Then use your sound judgment to tell me what the letters in Epcot stand for. The most exciting, the far, the most important part of our Florida project in fact, the heart of everything we'll be doing in Disney World will be Epcot. Okay, now you tell me, what does Epcot stand for? Line one, take it away. Booty McBoatface. That would be wrong. Close, though. 
407-916-5400. There's the open line. You can give a mo- win the movie passes right now if you grab a hold of it there. People are bailing off the 50,000-watt front porch. You live in Central Florida, and you do not know what Epcot stands for? It's Walt Disney's own word made up of the letters of what it stands for. Now, what does Epcot stand for, line three? Oh, I have no idea. How about every principal country on the earth? Oh, yeah, that's real close. Thank you very much. Right up there with Bodie McBoatface. Line four, what does Epcot stand for? Line four. Wow, this is scary. Do we have any Floridians here? Am I broadcasting to uh, Butte, Montana? What is going on out there? What does Epcot stand for? Line one, you're up. Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. Well, let's listen. Walt, would you verify that for us? Epcot. Spelled E-P-C-O-T. Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. And so it is. (laughs) Finally. Thanks for bailing me out here, my friend. Anytime, bud. That was getting a little ugly, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know who Bodie McBoatface is. <laughs> that was pathetic. And uh, and <laughs> I'm telling you what, my faith is now restored after having been shattered by some of those early clueless callers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going to enjoy the movie on us, and, uh, and, and we're really glad to have you on here. What's your first name? I'll write you a note of congratulations. It's uh, Danny. Danny, D-A-N-N-Y. Where are you calling in from today? Apopka. Fantastic. Great to have you on board. You can talk with Stephanie Allfair to make the arrangements for the prize. Okay, Danny? Great. Thanks, bud. Good to have you on board. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. And here we go. All yours, Steph. He's all yours. Congratulations, Danny. Isn't that amazing, Yaffe? I mean, I just wonder how come people could say, well, it's an odd word and never ask what it stands for. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because they just grew up hearing it and never thought about it. I mean, it's not what it was originally supposed to be. So maybe that's a part of it. Well, it hasn't developed into something that was exactly like Walt. Yeah, right. You know, it's yeah. different now. He wanted it to actually be a self-sustaining prototype community. Right. And it became more of just another theme park. Kind of the city of the future. Yeah, sort exactly. Of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And the World Showcase and all of that has developed, et cetera. Um, anyway, there you go. And that's sound judgment for today. Dead ahead. We got a live report on our 8 o'clock hour on the whole Roy Moore situation. We'll get you fully up to date on that with one of our national correspondents for News Radio 1025 WFLA. But in the meantime, stay tuned. We have the Rush Morning Update right after I give you an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. And I'll tend to that for you in only two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Stephanie, you take all the calls on the show right now, and you're doing a great, great job for us, as new as you are to the job. And it's just great to have you with us here. I appreciate it. Every morning, all three hours on Good Morning Orlando, because we get a lot of calls all three hours. Oh, yes, we do. All we have to do is pick the right topics. And, you know, and in the sound judgment game, people are always uh, coming on board and, you know, just a huge, huge demand for people to want to play the game. And no shortage of people who think they know what Epcot stands for today, right? That is true. I had one caller, and he said he actually works for Disney, and he says that Epcot stands for every paycheck on Thursday. (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. That's not bad. We had another caller who came up with some other acronym here. But it is amazing the number of people who would have heard such a strange-sounding word for all these years and attended the theme park 
and never thought to say, well, wait a minute, what does that kooky word stand? E-P-C-O-T? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it does. They, it doesn't have periods in between it, so maybe they didn't realize it was an acronym, but you would think they would still ask. Yeah, E-P-C-O-T, Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. And in, it's interesting, recently I saw a sign, and, and this went viral, you know, they, they have these purple road signs that direct you around to various right. places in the Disney complex. And they had Epcot spelled wrong. Did they really? On a pre-produced what, sign. What was it spelled like? It was, it was, it was like Ekpot or something. <laughs> Somebody went dyslexic oh, and no. got away with it, which is oh, just man. the craziest darn thing, isn't Especially it? Especially for Disney. They don't, uh, they don't mess up stuff like that. <laughs> Somebody did. I, I, my, All right. my, my guess is they fixed it, and maybe somebody's not getting a paycheck every <laughs> Thursday, right? Yeah, and all right. Okay. Good morning, Orlando. Thursday morning on a beauty it is. Welcome aboard here at 8 o'clock for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning Tampa police hope a new video will lead to a serial killer's arrest, and the Bethune bill is closer to reality. We'll hear from the one senator who voted no. We'll have the details in one minute. Speaking of senators, Roy Moore tanking in the latest polls. I'll have the numbers and we'll have a live report on the Roy Moore situation. Stay tuned. It is coming up next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 102.5. Tampa police are sure someone knows who's responsible for a string of murders in the city. We originally called him someone we wanted to talk to. They went to a person of interest. Today, we're going to call the same individual a suspect. Police Chief Brian Dugan appealed to the public to come forward and identify a person seen in two videos, the latest from Tuesday, after a fourth victim was shot and killed. Dugan admitted police are working with very limited evidence, but believes someone can provide a name for the person in the videos. A witness told police the suspect appeared to be a slender black male. There's a combined reward of $91,000 that Dugan hopes will motivate someone to come forward with an identity. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The death toll is up in a Northern California shooting spree after authorities found the body of the gunman's wife under the floorboards of their home. Tehama County Assistant Sheriff Phil Johnston says investigators found the body of shooter Kevin Neal's wife Tuesday, bringing the death toll to six. Johnston says she was shot several times, and he believes that's what started the rampage by the 43-year-old Neal. Authorities believe Neal's wife was shot Monday after a domestic incident. Back here in the Sunshine State, the Budget Committee and the State Senate votes to replace Florida's statue of Confederate General Kirby Smith with the statue of Mary McLeod Bethune, the civil rights leader who founded Bethune-Cookman University. Ocala's Dennis Baxley was the only senator who voted no. I'm very concerned about what this does to us as a culture when we go through cultural purging to desecrate a grave or someone's monument or marker. But that wasn't really the issue here. The legislature voted more than a year ago to get rid of Kirby's statue at the U.S. Capitol. The fight now is over his replacement, and Bethune appears to be the consensus pick. Yeah, I got to tell you, Deb, uh, Bethune is fine. I think we could have somebody who is even more influential. I, I would say I would put Walt Disney in the mix. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I would one. put Henry Flagler with his railroad yeah. on the east coast of Florida. It changed everything 100 years yes, ago. Yes, it did. Yeah, and um, I, I, I don't see a groundswell there. I think there should be. I have, uh, 
I've promoted that here before. We'll continue to watch the story. Well, in the meantime, Bud, the names of three Confederate war heroes will no longer appear on street signs in one South Florida city. The city commission in Hollywood ended months of debate by voting unanimously yesterday to change the names of Hood, Lee, and Forest Streets to Hope, Liberty, and Freedom. John Bell Hood, Robert E. Lee, and Nathan Bedford Forrest were Confederate generals during the Civil War. Forrest was later associated with the Ku Klux Klan. In local news, and if you have not been here before or lived in Central Florida long enough to remember the space shuttle program, a little bit of a heads up. After a 24-hour postponement, SpaceX is scheduled to launch a Falcon 9 rocket with a mystery government payload, codenamed Zuma, from Kennedy Space Center tonight. A two-hour launch window opens at 8 Eastern time, and Air Force meteorologists say weather conditions are 90% go. Just after liftoff, SpaceX will attempt to land the Falcon 9's first stage booster at Cape Canaveral Air Force Station, for the 20th time, and here's where the friendly warning comes in. That's prompted the company to issue a sonic boom alert for residents in Brevard, Orange, Osceola, Seminole, and Volusia counties. And Bud said that we may even hear two sonic booms tonight, one at liftoff and again when they land. That's what I'm told, and please don't call the WFLA newsroom insisting that war has been declared. No, it's definitely not. It's just sonic booms, right, Yaffe? Welcome to Central Florida. Is this the rocket that's like carrying something that they say is safe? Or what, what was it? Oh, that it was uh, healthy. healthy. Healthy, that's what that it was. That the Zuma payload was healthy, yeah. Something's going up there that's alive, but we have no <laughs> idea what it is. No, we don't. And finally, the Internet is having a laugh after President Trump stopped multiple times during an address to the nation for a few sips of water. It happens. During the 2016 campaign, though, Trump taunted his opponent, Senator Marco Rubio of Florida, with a water bottle referencing Rubio's 2013 <laughs> State of the Union response during which he stopped to grab a bottle of water. Rubio quickly tweeted of the president's gaffe, quote, similar, but needs work on his form. Has to be done in one single motion, and eyes should never leave the camera. But not bad for his first time, end quote. <laughs> uh, he was pretty good-natured about that because the president just skewered him yes, unmercifully in the campaign trail. Even uh, sending him uh, uh, cases of Trump, uh, Trump water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, this is what they call karma, I think, what happened <laughs> yes, to the it yes, is. Yeah, I think so. I think he kind of deserved it, to be honest with you. <laughs> WFLA News Time 808. Read about a porn star announcing a 2020 presidential bid with rapper Coolio. And no, it's not a joke. At 1025WFLA.com, the third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. And Yaffe and Stephanie in the control room. It's Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Stay tuned in a moment. We're going to give you the new keyword of the hour in our keyword text to win contest. Text that keyword to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. An update from one of our national correspondents for News Radio 1025, Sarah Lee Kessler, on all going down around Roy Moore and his candidacy in Alabama. We talked about it earlier. You're going to get a full update in a live report here in a moment, right after we update for you Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. And of course, that's just two minutes ahead here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Of course, the Roy Morris story in Alabama continues to be a hot topic here on the 50,000-watt front porch. We got into it big time when we came on the air at 6 o'clock this morning. Multiple developments since last we gathered yesterday. Let's get an update now as we bring in national 
and News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Sarah Lee Kessler on all things related to the Roy Moore situation. Welcome and as aboard. You said, there are so many things related to Roy Moore, bud. Take it away, Sarah Lee. You've been following the story. Well, you know, closely. the count is now nine women saying there were unwanted overtures by Roy Moore, but he's denying it, and his lawyer says that the yearbook shown by one of the accusers on Monday at that Gloria Allred news conference, um, you know, contained a fake signature. He wants a handwriting analyst brought in. Yeah, and Roy Moore is giving no indication that he plans to drop out of the race. He'll remain on the ballot, even though I note that his poll numbers are slipping. Well, it's interesting. His poll numbers are all over the place. A local poll by Fox 10 in Alabama that was taken Tuesday shows some slippage, but he is leading in that poll over Doug Jones, a Democrat, 49% to 43%. However, Mm -hmm. a poll conducted by the National Republican Senatorial Committee, which, of course, wants him to drop off the ballot. We can't do that, but he could drop out of the race. Good luck with that. He's not going anywhere. Uh, That poll shows the Democrat ahead by 12 points. And that slippage, well, a lot of slippage. In early October, an NRCS poll had more ahead by 16 points. Yeah, so there's a big change there. And you're right, the polls are all over the place. The most prominent supporter of Roy Moore um, for a long time had been Fox host Sean Hannity, He gave a 24-hour ultimatum uh, earlier this week to Roy Moore to satisfactorily explain inconsistencies in what he has been claiming vis-a-vis his relationship with these young women years ago. And uh, last night, uh, a lukewarm endorsement of Roy Moore at best from Sean Hannity. Yeah, uh, he read a letter by Moore who claimed he never dated underage girls, but of course eight women have said he did. And the ninth woman who's come out said she... He grabbed her tush when he was when she, in in his law office right. when she was 28. Um, but you know, I look. He didn't say whether he found Roy Moore's denials convincing, but what he did say is that the people of Alabama deserve to have a fair choice. And he said it shouldn't be decided by me or right. by anybody else on TV or by the Senate Majority Leader. And what are they saying in Congress, where they may deal with a situation here where they have to seat Roy Moore and then try to expel him? What a bizarre well, scenario that would right. be. They would have to try to expel him. Um, an ethics complaint would be brought, it would be investigated, and there could be an expulsion vote. And I have no doubt there would be an expulsion vote if Moore is elected on December 12th. Yeah, and they haven't expelled a senator um, since back in the Civil War era. And there's some really serious. a long time, but the mechanism is still in place. Right. And believe me, they've been studying it and know how to do it. Yeah, and the president has yet to weigh in on the Roy Moore situation since its return from Asia. Am I correct on that? He has not weighed in on it. He ignored reporters' questions. They, you know, they shouted some questions at him yesterday about it. He just let that go completely by mm-hmm. and did not say a thing. But um, his daughter had something to say. Yeah, Ivanka Trump said there's a special place in hell reserved for people who molest children. And she believes the allegations against Roy Moore. Oh, maybe she does. maybe she's speaking for her dad, who of course has his own baggage in this area, which makes it a little bit difficult for him to be too public about the Roy Moore situation, I think. Right, exactly. You know what they say about people who live in glass houses? 
There you go. Thank you so much. News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Sarah Lee Kessler. Great job getting everybody up to date on all facets of the continuing saga of Roy Moore. We thank you so much. Catch you next time around. Thank you, Sarah Lee. Thank you, bud. You bet. Now, where are you on Roy Moore as we speak this morning? Let me hear from you. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. I really do think it is all over for Roy Moore. But I'm not at all sure he will drop out. He will remain on the ballot. I really don't know whether Alabama voters will now send him to the Senate. I just don't know. They obviously are the ones who will decide. What do you want to happen with Roy Moore? Tell me. All right, we got you up to date on all things related to Roy Moore. Time is getting tight, so be quick and focused. Bobby, you were first on the line. Good morning from Eustis, Bobby. Good morning, sir. Two quick ones, 14, 15, and 16-year-olds. Why are their parents allowing them to go out with a 30-year-old man? Yeah, he said he never dated anybody without permission from Mama. Yeah. How do you feel about Roy Moore right now? Should he should he make it to the Senate or not? Uh, personally, I think uh, with all the evidence, uh, he may have done it. But I'm in use as Florida, and I'm not voting for him. Uh, a quick thing, number two, number two, Adam Clayton Powell. I'm 82 years old. I remember it. He was refused his seat in Congress. He sued and I believe the Supreme Court said they had to seat him because the voters were subordinate to the other uh, congressmen. No, no, they'll have to seat Roy Moore, and I remember the New York congressman, Adam Clayton Powell, very well. Thank you, sir. Keith in Winter Garden on Roy Moore. Good morning, Keith. Hey, good morning, bud. You know, this is really, really making me sick to my stomach. Conservatives consume themselves no matter what. Somebody could say something and have no substantiation to the information. And we jump to, to conclusions. We well, I listen. Uh, he's been a hero of mine, Roy Moore, standing up for God and the and the uh, and the and the Ten Commandments. And you know that's true. But when you have all these women put their names to it and their faces to it, there's too many of them for none of this to be true, Keith. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if once if you were to drop out, all these women would go away like they never were there because it's probably not accurate. And nobody's ever even gotten their hands on the on the yearbook to, t- to test the, the writing and see if it is 40 years old. Well, apparently so, they're going to do that, and uh, we'll good. see. Now, let me ask you, you're in Alabama. Let's just assume, does he get your vote yeah. based on what you know this morning? Yeah. He uh, does. Okay, fair enough. Harold, Harold, you're in Merritt Island with a Bud Man. Go ahead, please. Well, the way I look at it, Bud, is as, as Republicans, we should be throwing our support behind the guy. And then if he gets in, have the investigation, the ethics investigation, and if the facts prove that he should not be there, then get out. But if he jumps out now, it's just a conceit for the Democrats to get in. If yeah. they have a special election after he's out, then at least we'll have a shot of putting back a Republican in where a Republican should be. Fair enough, Harold. Thank you. Check the text line for me, Yaffe. What's coming in there? Uh, yeah, bud. I got a lot of people on the text line sounding kind of like the call- two callers ago. One person says, um, I'm thrilled Roy Moore has stubbornly withstood all of this thrown at him in this 11th hour smear attempt. Uh, Another person said, uh, so the false accusers are accepting dates, agree to rides after they claim they were harassed. That marks or that's the mark of liars. Uh, Another person said the Democrats did this to Herman Cain. They tried to do it to Trump. This is a tactic. Democrats use because they know it cannot be proved or disproved. We'll stay on the Roy Moore story. Well, you know, we have a great family here. 
at WFLA and good morning, Orlando. And we have an extended family, too. Look who's online, too, this morning, Deb. Oh, it's Don, or otherwise known as Mike Yaffe's dad. Hello, Dad. Welcome aboard. Morning, Dad. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It's Ron Michael. Ron. Dad, the phone screener. I'm sorry, Steph. It's Ron. <laughs> Oh, okay. How are you today? Yaffe, is, confirm that this now. Is, yeah, this is, is our that, former phone screener, Michael's dad. Oh. Anyway, oh, now guys. we're totally friend. confused. Stephanie is forgiven. She's brand new. I'm caught well, up to this. Both of us have the name Mike. I am totally and my, confused. And my dad's name is really is Don. And that is Ron. So, Michael, our former phone screener. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. You guys are just in cahoots trying to make the Bud Man and I look bad. <laughs> yeah. Mission accomplished. Go ahead on Roy Moore. Good morning. I just want to say thank you, first of all, for the service that you provide every morning. I really look forward to it. Oh. Uh, but also, thank I wanted you. to say, whatever happened to innocent until proven guilty? I feel like everybody's coming out of the woodwork. If it happened so many years ago, why didn't they speak up then? I just feel like there's some kind of a plot. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just doesn't seem right to me. I kind of smell a fish. Well, it's a lot of women putting their name and their images out there right now. Why didn't they come forward before Deb addressed that issue? We've talked about it. Well, one of them, Barbara Nelson Young herself addressed it and said, you know, with her encounter with, with Roy Moore, he had told her, you are just a child. I am the DA of Etowah County. If you ever say anything about this, no one will ever believe you. Fast forward years when she has young children at home, she's not going to drag her children's lives through this. But she had said they're older now and she felt that the this particular victim felt that the voters of Alabama needed to have all of the information at, at their disposal to be able to make the best choice. And this is the same thing we're seeing out in Hollywood. Yeah. Why didn't they come out before? Because they were scared before. When you're standing out there all by yourself, it's real easy for someone to say they don't believe you. There is truth to the statement that there is power in numbers. Yeah, and I think Harvey Weinstein, that whole thing has blown the lid off the sexual harassment issue. And women are coming forth all over the country. It's about to break, I think, big time in Congress, by the way. So stay tuned on that. It was the same situation in my case, bud. When, when When my perpetrator was finally brought to justice on that, Everybody who'd ever had an issue and had known about it and had kept quiet because we watched one woman after another being escorted out of the radio station from salespeople to promotions. Different to radio air. station, by Different the way. radio station. Absolutely. This is 25 years ago. Right. So when the lawyers finally showed up, uh, yeah, there's power in numbers. Mm-hmm. You, you heard from a lot more women who didn't talk about it in the office, but they were willing to talk about it when they knew they were going to be heard and not retaliated against. Okay, fair enough. We're going to move ahead. Don't forget we have Dr. Kronhaus coming up with breaking health and medical news on the weekly house call. Don't miss that. But between now and then, Deb updating all the news, beginning with the trail of a serial killer out in Tampa Bay. And thankfully, hundreds of new tips could bring police closer to finding that man who has terrorized a Tampa neighborhood. Police Chief Brian Dugan said yesterday his department has received more than 400 tips since a fourth person was shot to death in southeast Seminole Heights this week. Dugan believes someone can provide a name for the person seen in surveillance videos. We need someone who is thoughtful, cares, and has the heart and the fortitude and the bravery to step forward and tell us who this person is and give us the identity. Police also released surveillance video yesterday of a man Dugan says is the suspect in at least two of the murders that date back to last month. Also, the reward in the case now up to more than $90,000. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Speaking of big banks, 
A North Carolina woman has more than a million dollars in the bank thanks to a pair of lottery wins in the same day. The odds must be completely I, off I the can't, charts. I, yeah, I can't even imagine. Well, Michelle Shuffler bought the winning scratch-off ticket 22 miles apart and struck gold with both. The first one scored her and her husband $10,000. Pretty good. The couple was so stunned by their win that they decided to try their luck again. Their next ticket earned a $1 million grand prize. Shuffler calls it a miracle. Boy, it's unbelievable. I'd like to call her family. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet you would, Deb Meister. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Deborah Roberts here in Good Morning Orlando with your news. Top and bottom of the hour whenever it breaks. As we continue from the Frontgate Realty Studio, just visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Dead ahead here, we've got the house call, breaking health and medical news with Dr. Kronhaus. New blood pressure guidelines. Wait till you hear the numbers that you need to hit uh, to be healthy. Here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well-being. After all, without you, who would listen to the show? That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own doctor, Ken Kronhaus. My doctor, the best in the business from Lake Cardiology. Dr. K, welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. Excited to be with you this morning. Always great to have you here for the house call, breaking health and medical news and new numbers, guidelines, on blood pressure, the targets we need to hit. So let's talk about it. This is going to change everything. Nearly half of all adult Americans will be considered to have high blood pressure, but under new guidelines issued this week by the American Heart Association and the American College of Cardiology, the new guidelines lower the diagnostic threshold for stage one high blood pressure to 130 over 80, down from the previous level of 140 over 90, the guidelines, but also call for more aggressive treatment of high blood pressure, asking doctors and patients to set 130 over 80 as the new goal for therapy. And also home blood pressure monitoring takes a big part of the measure in these new guidelines. Let me ask you, what's the best way, thing you can do to to lower your blood pressure besides getting on medication? What's the best thing you can do? Ideal body weight. And also exercise and eating a proper diet. Fair enough. You know, and mental of, stress. Yeah. Now, you know, a, a lot of folks worry that they can't be sexually active, particularly if they have some heart issues. You've got some new research on that. American Heart Association scientific sessions taking place and this week, and that's why there's a lot of heart news. In this study, a population of about 1 million people was studied and followed for 13 years. There were about 5,000 cases of cardiac arrest. This is where the heart unexpectedly stops beating, and it's usually fatal. But, however, there were only 34 cases related to sexual activity. Well, there, that'll encourage a lot of folks and make them feel a little more comfortable. And we're talking about ways to lower blood pressure today with all of the uh, all of the heart meetings, etc. And here's some interesting research on something that uh, uh, that you need to do that can help. More from the American Heart Association this week: aggressively treating gum disease may help lower blood pressure in people at high risk for high blood pressure. Intensive periodontal intervention, but alone, it can reduce blood pressure levels, inhibit inflammation, and improve endothelial function. That's the inner lining, the wallpaper of the circulation. And you know what? Nobody wants to be nuts, but apparently there's more evidence that eating nuts is good for us. Right, Doc? This new study of more than 210,000 American adults, it tracked them for 32 years. This is a good study. Found that those who regularly ate peanuts, walnuts, cashews, and other nuts had a lower risk of 
heart disease, but nuts are high in fiber, antioxidants, and healthy fats. But eat them without the salt, right, Doc? Without the salt and watch the calories. There you go. Now, also on the house call today, you know, glaucoma progressively robs people of their field of vision. And there's something you can just do on a daily basis that can ward off uh, your potential for suffering glaucoma, right? Exactly. From the annual meeting of the American Academy of Ophthalmology in New Orleans this week, you probably know that exercise benefits your heart and waistline. But how about your vision, bud? The most physically active folks in this study, they were 73% less likely to develop glaucoma than the least active individuals. So talk to your doctors if you're not already in an exercise program. How about that? You know, you've told me about the health dangers associated with uh, sleep apnea, and there is new research on this, which I found somewhat surprising. Let's talk about it. This is really amazing. This is out of the Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine this week. If you if your sleep is continuously disrupted by sleep apnea, you face a higher chance of developing Alzheimer's down the road. This new study wow. has linked untreated sleep apnea with an increase in the development of amyloid plaque in the brain. This is the hallmark of Alzheimer's disease. And sleep apnea is so common in some studies, it's estimated that 30 to 80 percent of adults have this unbelievable how lack of sleep can negatively impact human beings in every way you can imagine, isn't it, Doc? Absolutely. Your waist, your blood pressure, your yep. coronaries, unbelievable. I mean, you're one of the foremost cardiologists in America, and you're my heart doctor, and so many others have gone to you on my recommendation at Lake Cardiology. Let's close out right now with some new research on factors that can predict your heart health. This is out of the Journal of the American College of Cardiology this week. Five factors you need to know that can predict your heart health. Blood pressure, exercise, body mass index, eating fruits and vegetables, and smoking status. So you want to have a blood pressure below 120 over 80, a body mass index or BMI below 25. You want to eat more than four servings of fruits and vegetables a day. You want to exercise moderately for 150 minutes or more a week or vigorously for 75 minutes or more. And of course, do not smoke. Boy, the house calls like an office call with Dr. Kronhaus this morning. Dr. K, thank you so much as always. Great job for us. No bill and be well. All right, good deal. And book an appointment where I go for heart care. He might be able to save your life with his heart care technology, the BudScan 2.0 heart scan that most insurance will cover. A Lake Cardiology, home of Dr. Kronhaus, waiting for your call at 352-735-1400. 352-735-1400. Doc is on the radio, nationally syndicated every Sunday afternoon. We carry his great show, 2 o'clock on WFLA Sundays. Be here for Good Day Health with Dr. Ken. Roy Moore calls on the line as time permits, along with an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. On embattled Senate candidate Republican Roy Moore in Alabama, would it surprise you if I told you Roy Moore was a Democrat? He was until 1992. Let's go to David in Ocala. Good morning from Marion County, David. Morning, bud. I think all of us just want to know the truth about uh, uh, Roy Moore, correct? Yes. Okay, it's been reported that the last lady that... uh, it has the uh, yearbook that has his signature in it. Right. She said that she never saw him after the attack. In fact, Judge Moore uh, 
presided over an annulment she had of a marriage now. Don't you think you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. Now, Roy Moore said he didn't even know who she was. That can't be true. And I don't understand why she was saying she didn't know who he was if they had that that contact in court, I think, in 1999 when she was getting divorced. That's correct. And he would have to sign off on her annulment. That means that she would have his signature now on that and the yearbook, right. it says Roy Moore, yeah. P.A. Yeah, and that's you're right, you're right, and, and the lawyer is contending that that's where the signature came from that was dropped into the yearbook recently. We don't know the answer as to where exactly that is headed, but you are right, sir. John, you're in Winter Springs. Quickly, please, my time is tight. Uh, this is a left-wing deal with this judge, plain and simple. He has lived the past 38 years better than 95%, 99% of those that criticize him. He, he is not a Republican. Thank God, like the Republicans that we have, spend 90% of their time collecting money, becoming millionaires. They don't work for us. They admit they spend 90% yeah. of their time. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he was a conservative hero of mine when he stood up for God and the and the Ten Commandments, he really was. I'm having a tough time with this Roy Moore story, sir. Um, but it sounds like you would still vote for him in Alabama. He'll be on the ballot, and he may still make it. Let's, um, let's go to Ron, weighing in quickly from Sanford on Roy Moore. Where are you on all of this this morning? Hello, Roy. Ron, go ahead, Ron. This is Ron. Sorry, go ahead. you got to be quick. Yeah, uh, none of us have heard of this guy before now. You know, we've got to leave it up to Alabama to decipher what's going on. We've got to remember that the Democrats have been losing all these special elections up till now, and uh, I'm guessing they're getting kind of desperate to see people like Rory Arlett, you know, that fine ball, trotting out all right. people to uh, come up against him within 30 days of the election. All right, Ron, thank you. I understand where you're coming from. A lot of folks feel the same way. That'll do it. Stay tuned and right after the news for our keyword text to win contest. You can win 1000 bucks. Get the keyword, text it to 200-200, win $1,000. Good luck to you from all of us. Thank you. Great show. See you tomorrow morning, 6 to 9. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.